I am Bamps, and I am your storyteller, and I am joined by my wonderful cast. I'm Jupiter, and I play Missy, the forever teen misunderstood emo Malkavian. Hi, I'm Oz. I play Arthur Subchak, the Nosferatu. <laughs> I'm Tom, and I play Jimmy, the best Toreador from the 80s. And hi, I'm Super Cookie. I am playing Coco. Missy. Mm-hmm. As you're hanging around here in the middle of Elysium, looking about, you will see Coco being led across the back wall to a door. A door that earlier you noticed the sheriff going into. And the Tremere Baron that runs the schools. Those being the important people outside of some servants going in and out. I can make my way over to that door, see if it's... I mean, I'm sure it's unlocked. Servants are going in, right? It's true. It is unlocked. Raven is there with you if you want to bring her with or if you want to break off. Break off. She's just, yeah, I got some people I got to meet up with and talk to about things. Yeah, I'm going to go over to that door and uh, do a quick peek in. The door opens just fine. You can see a few rooms. Uh, there's a hallway that goes down one end, and there's another one that goes down to a freight elevator. A freight elevator whose numbers you can see going up. Step inside and just start, I don't know kind of listening at the different rooms, see what's happening, but I'm not going to get in the elevator. Uh, it seems like people are preparing food. You can see some people coming in and cleaning glasses and stuff like that. You can see poking your head into one of the rooms, there are a few mortals that are on little, not quite gurneys, but little cots that are laid out that seem to be taking a break. That doesn't make any sense. Why would they bring her back here? No, it does not seem to make any sense. What is the elevator uh, floor? What floor is it currently? Is it on my floor? It is up two floors from you. There's got to be stairs here, right? You slip into the stairwell. There is an employee is in there smoking. He's just you know, hiding out for a minute, not doing what he's not supposed to. But as you do, you go past him. Do you go invisible and go past him? Let's go invisible and let's go up the stairs past him. And we'll just stay invisible then. May as well. Abishai. Yes. What is the room that Art arrives to to meet with you? It would be a small room off to the side in, you know, a, a dark corner, so to speak. Should be fairly empty. A couple of chairs, maybe a table. Art, this is the room that you walk into. Art is let into the room. He takes two steps in, lets his eyes adjust, which is joke, really. Eyes are always adjusted to, to the dim lighting. 
Good evening, Baron. Good evening, Mr. Sobchak. What is Baron Abishai wearing tonight? Tailored black suit, white shirt, blood red tie. So, Mr. Sobchak, uh, got some interesting things going on in your neighborhood. Yes, I was surprised to see you took such a direct interest in it. Does Walter know? I haven't told him. Well, unfortunately, Jimmy knows, which means Carol probably will about now. Oh, obviously she does. He can't keep a secret from her. No, not when secrets are life, and he has none. (laughs) Very true, very true. So, what are the intentions of you and your little group with all of your recent developments, Sawishe, say? If by development you mean the new blood, so to speak, I for one would like to see her stick around for a while, as she is an interesting piece in play especially with Cheshire walking the streets again. Very interesting indeed. A little bit of information about her possible sire was quite interesting. I agree. And that is because, or rather, that is why I would like to see her stay around. I think that is going to become very important in the coming days and nights. Definitely going to be some interesting information to see what happens when it becomes general knowledge. Do you think that will happen tonight? I plan on it. (laughs) I plan. Far too intriguing to keep to ourselves, don't you think? Perhaps, but as I said, I would wish for her to survive the night, and and right now with choices that have been made, I am not sure that will happen. Well, she has my support. Well, allow me to extend my gratitude for that. Well, her mere existence can make things interesting for me. I thought they might. I would assume the other barons feel the same way. If they're aware of it, I'm sure it would be. It much is true. Yeah. Now, Coco herself, she's a bit of a problem, but not a severe one. Cheshire, however, he's a bigger problem to deal with, I think. I agree. I've been keeping an eye on him, and if he was not for Elysium, I would be tracking him right now. He went off of the grid last night. Mm, that's not good. It's never good to have a Sabbat roaming your city. Even worse is two Sabbat. Yeah, if they team up, things are going to get complicated. Yes, I agree. I have plans for Cheshire to take care of that problem. But the other one is... Too unknown to me right now. I have not found enough information upon her yet. I haven't either. I was only recently made aware of her existence. 
as were we. All that I know is that Cheshire and people were involved in the Shovelhead party some years ago. And that is something I should probably not bring up with the sheriff. Probably wouldn't be a good idea. He tends to react rather violently to things like that. (laughs) It puts it lightly, yes. What progress have we made on the journal that um, I'd requested to be copied? I have it here for you. And he'll pull that out and pass it over. I will take a look at it. I'm not sure how much you read of it before, but it's had a few interesting edits made. I am looking forward to reading them. I do, of course, have other copies made, but I want to make sure the authenticity is just right. It should be. Had some of my best people working on it. Again, I extend my gratitude. I was not sure what they would use this for, but with Coco roaming around Elysium now on the arm of Jimmy, I think this will come into play much earlier than I expected it to. Hopefully it will make things a bit easier for you. In some ways, perhaps. In other ways, this has become much more difficult, but at the same time, as you said, it has become much more interesting. Maybe even Walter will sit up and take notice. <laughs> that would be amazing. I wonder why that man even has the position that he has. Inertia. I assume. Well, with Cheshire and now Sweeple around, that may change, and that may change soon. I would think it would. I know if Cheshire happens to be found in my territory, he won't be a problem for long. This is so, and I would assume it would be the same for all the barons. Except one. I have not heard from him in some nights. I am concerned for his safety. After Elysium, I may go call upon him and check upon his health. I think we have covered everything that we need to cover right now. I think I've had all the points I wanted to touch on. The camera sits on the silence of the two Nosferatu before it cuts away to a small room where Jimmy and Carol are. There's a very nice velvet couch in the corner, and there is... And there's an old-style jukebox that is set up to accommodate various musical tastes, including Jimmy's. Ah, rad. Jimmy heads over to the jukebox and picks out, um... Yeah, Out of Touch by Daryl Hall. She smiles as you put on your song, and then sets her glass down and taps the little couch next to her, inviting you to sit. Yeah, Jimmy slides onto the couch. It's uh it's been a while. The disruption of your uh Halloween party 
and we couldn't uh couldn't uh take a take a bite. Yes, it has been rather busy down in your little area of the mall. Is everything under control? Is everything okay? Uh I mean there's the usual well, not the usual, the occasional hiccups that happen and of course you have to try and deal with them as they show up, just uh three or four happen to happen at the same time. Yeah, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the little snafu at my club, whatever ended up happening to Mr. Kelly? Oh, it seems that um, Art returned Mr. Kelly because Art feared that, uh, well, didn't fear. Cohen implied heavily that they would attack our little barony if we didn't return. Well, that's very rude. Yes. And, well, the whole barony has four, now five kindred to protect it. Um, we wouldn't stand a chance. No, you have a very small amount of territory. We should see about getting you some more. What do you think? I think that would be wonderful if I were to get some territory, yes. But Walter is barren down in that area. Well, I mean, there's always more territory that could come up that could be mine. But you love them all. Oh, I do love them all. I would hate to leave it. Yeah, that would that would be so disappointing after all of the time and effort you've put into it. Right? I mean, Missy even filled up the vending machine again, just with drugs. But it's actually a functioning shop. She gives it a musical little giggle. That may be one of the smartest things she's done. I wonder if it's been broken yet. Yeah, probably. How is our little protege doing? Coco? Yeah, she was such a nice girl. It tasted wonderful. Yeah, well, uh, like you recommended, I had her feed on me. Mm-hmm. Um... Art wasn't happy about it. Is Art ever happy about anything? No, not really. But, uh, she seems to be coming along well. Other than the first time we found her, I don't think she's ever fed, though. I'm a little worried she might, uh, frenzy or something. She raises an eyebrow. It's been a few nights, hasn't it? It has. I mean, she fed on me the once. And then, but she said she wasn't hungry. Fed on me the, on, when she first arrived. But other than that, nothing. So, uh, I was going to, uh, if she comes out of her meeting alive, I was going to pull over to a booth and have her feed on someone or something. Just to make sure that, uh, she doesn't go crazy. That would be most unfortunate. It wouldn't uh, work well for her uh, standing. No, it would not. And she needs as much of that as she can get right now. Yeah, she could use it. 
well, now that business is done, shall we handle pleasure? That sounds amazing. And she leans back and bares her neck for you to sink your fangs into her tender skin and begin to to feed. And Jimmy begins feeding, but with his hair as it is, it's a little annoying because it's usually more back and not falling into things. So he's a little frustrated at that, but it, it it's fine. The camera lingers on the two of you there for an uncomfortable moment before it shifts and goes back into the office with the prince, Coco, the sheriff, and the baron. The photos of the people that you met at the karaoke bar laid out on the table in front of you. What do you do? Uh, they they weren't like that when we we left, Your Highness. I I swear. She looks to the sheriff, and the sheriff speaks up, and he says, "You were there. We know you were there. We were tracking you." Yes, sir. I I absolutely was there. Um, Jimmy, he took me. He wanted to teach me how to feed, but I wasn't hungry. Um, and then. Uh, I was pretending to be his designated driver so he could sing karaoke. And then he, he just kind of freaked out. And, um, it, then he, he made, he didn't kill anyone, but he made everyone forget. And, and we left and everything was okay. He said that everything would be fine. He, he, he told me that was how you were supposed to do it. If you didn't, if you didn't kill them and he showed me how to close their wounds and everything. Coco, you can feel a surge of fury from the sheriff as he takes two big steps over to the desk and slams his hand down on the picture, pointing to where there are bite marks on these people. You can see that there are four fang holes that match up to one each side of their throats. How do you explain that, then? I... It, it wasn't me. Uh, I was warned. I just towing the line, doing what I'm supposed to do so that you don't kill me. I, I know that there's other gangrel in the city. It's It wasn't me. You can see his face scrunch up in anger as he puts a left hook like right across your chin. And as you're recovering, he reaches out and grabs you by the shoulder with his other hand and he hits you again. So you just get punched in the jaw. How I didn't stop. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't do it. <laughs> he pulls back to hit you again, and the man speaks up. My prince, if I may. She looks to him, the sheriff looks to the prince, and she motions with a hand for him to do whatever it is he's going to do. The sheriff lets go of you roughly and takes a step back. Standing by the door, you can see that there is a umbrella stand that you walked by on the way in. There is no umbrella in there. There is a baseball bat. Louisville Slugger. The man approaches you and pulls a a small bag from under his the coat of his suit, and he sets down a wine flute, and he pulls out a dagger. 
if I may have some of your blood. With all due respect, sir, I was I was warned that I shouldn't let anyone drink my blood. I do not intend to drink it. I intend to perform a ritual. I just put my hand out. He takes the dagger, and he takes your hand gently in his, and he runs it across your forearm on the inside. And he holds the cup underneath of it, and he gives your arm a squeeze to to get some of your blood out. It doesn't run like when you would get nicks and cuts before. It's thick and syrupy, and it droops out. Thank you. And he sets the cup in front of him, and he does the same thing to his own arm. It drips some of his blood in there, takes the point of the dagger, and begins to stir it while saying some words in a language that you do not understand. The prince speaks up while we are waiting. If you could tell me the rest of our laws. Uh, yes, absolutely, uh, Your Grace. Um, uh, the masquerade protected all costs. We did, we did that. Um, uh, your domain, uh, you, you need to, um, protect it and respect others domain. And, um, then there's, and this is where I'm in trouble because the, the progeny, um, I, I know, I, I don't think that um, my sire was given permission to make me. Um, were were they? So that's bad. And I know that everyone needs your permission. Um, so that's probably why I'm here like this today. I'm sorry. Uh, all all of them. Um, yet yeah, the um, accountant account accountants. Um, uh, uh, my sire should be, um, responsible for anything that I do. Um, but I don't have one, so no one's responsible for me right now. And I'm sorry for that. Um, uh, uh the hospitality, uh, that I, you, you just like when you enter someone's home, you need to introduce yourself and, um, immediately you can't you can't hang out you have to go introduce yourself to the prince like immediately um and uh destruction you can't kill another kindred unless you say it's okay um your leash i know that and which of these have you broken by your embrace uh, the 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 progeny because uh, whoever my sire is obviously didn't ask for your permission first. Are there others that you have broken? No, absolutely not. Especially not on purpose. If if um I if you I I just didn't know that I needed to introduce myself to you i didn't even know that you existed when i was created so i apologize it has taken me this long to stand in front of you um for your blessing your grace 
as these questions are asked and answered, the man is his, his chanting, and at a point he will take your hand gently, caringly, and he will have you put one of your fingers into the mixture of blood, and then he will put his finger in there as well. And then he will ask, did you kill the men and the woman in the picture? No, sir, I did not. He turns to the prince and says, she did not kill them. The prince raises an eyebrow and he says, the blood, it does not lie. What else would you have me ask my prince? And she asks him questions and then he asks those questions of you, starting with, who killed these people? I I truly don't know. Do you have someone that you would suspect? No, absolutely not. I I I don't know anyone really. He looks to the prince and says, "Just speaks the truth." The sheriff interrupts. Fine. So she didn't kill these two, but there's still other problems that she has caused, and he pulls another folder out, puts it on the table, flips it open. It is a picture of your father, your stepmother, your apartment, some police reports. He's been asking questions about where she has been and using some of his connections to make my nights much more difficult. I say nothing. I know how my father say. The prince asks, how would you suggest we rectify this situation? Your Grace, the, the problem here is that all of my communication was halted. Um, and I, I understand why you do it that way. However, men like my father, they won't stop. He won't take just an email that I've gone off to find myself as gospel. He will want to hear from me because he will want to scream at me. I have responsibilities that he expects that I fulfill. And I did not leave my apartment like that. So if he came upon it and it was wrecked, we shall say, he he would be like a bloodhound. He he would want to make sure that I'm safe. I want you to know that his drive, desire, and passion will not have an influence on whether or not you meet the final death tonight. For if you do, your body will be left in a gutter with some drugs, and a police report will be filed for an overdose. And it will all be wrapped up very neatly. Now, if you have a better suggestion on how this may be cleaned up so that everyone is happy, I would like to hear it. Well, we I can contact him and tell him that I'm safe. There's ways to change your number so it would look like I was calling from wherever the hell they told they emailed him saying I was like I don't know Car- Caribbean or something maybe but that should 
by some time. Um, but I can, I, I've made excuses. I've gone for a long time without seeing him before. You know, as long as I just say keep in contact, I know that that's frowned upon, but he won't bother us, I swear. She looks to the sheriff, and the sheriff does not look like that is something that he is happy with, because to him, leaving you in a ditch somewhere is very easy and done with, not an ongoing concern. He folds his arms as he stands by the door. And she thinks for a moment. The Baron speaks up. My prince, if I may. Do you believe that you have someone that would be willing to be accountable for you? Um, For me? Yeah, I, I think so. My, my friends have already taken me in. I don't think that Missy would, but I'm sure one of the guys, or both of, they would probably, possibly. I mean, they, uh, I like them. They're, they're, Jimmy's cool. Their art's awesome. He took me shopping and stuff, but like, probably. My prince, if I may, do you believe that you are able to adjust to this lifestyle? Yes, dear Grace, I'm, I'm fluid. I, I can fit in many different places and situations. Uh, just please allow me to prove that to you. Are you willing to bring those that have broken the masquerade or any of our traditions to justice, to our justice? Um, sorry, do you? want me to join your police department because I'm not really great with that. He gives you a, a small smile. It is the responsibility of to make sure that the traditions are enforced. Then, yes, absolutely. I understand why they're so important. Uh, it it's for all of our safety. So then you would be willing to bring those who break them to justice. Yes. He turns to the prince. The prince stands. She straightens her outfit. I have made a temporary decision. And we cut scenes to Missy. Missy, where are you? Where are you going when you go upstairs? See what's up there door-wise. If there are doors, listening at them, see if I hear anything. If I don't hear anything, open the door. You will see the man that you saw escorting Coco standing in front of one of the metal reinforced doors. He's kindred, probably, huh? No, he is He is mortal. <gasps> awesome. Let's walk up there. Listen at the door. She must be in there, probably screwing things up, probably going to get us all killed. You hear the heavy smack of a fist meeting flesh, and then, but a heartbeat, even those ears don't, you will hear a second one, and you will hear the sound of Coco's voice being distressed at being hit. 
You will hear the sheriff's voice more or less picking up from that conversation where that happened to her and are free to listen to most of it. Yeah. I'll stay and listen. Do you stay the whole time? Like when she says that she's made a decision, do you run back or do you hang out there? No, I stay. Until I hear them approach that door to open it, I'm there. Cool. Jimmy. Num, 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 num. Very num, 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 num. She gently indicates that, okay, that's enough. All right, well, Jimmy takes one more draw and then stops. She runs her hand through your mop of hair as you lick the wound closed and then gives you a big old kiss on the lips afterwards. Hmm. I missed that. Me too. We should head back soon, though. I don't know how long until we find out the news about your friend. Right, yeah. That's happening. Okay. Jimmy gets up and kind of just wiggles a bit, trying to remove any jitters from the enjoyment. She reaches for her glass as you stand and head towards the door. She'll say, do me a favor, though, before I come back out there. Tell your friend Art that I will consider his boon that he owes me repaid if he gives me the girl, providing she survives, of course. You want Art to give you Coco? If he steps away from taking care of her safety and not accountable for her, and she ends up under my care. Okay. She gives you a wicked smile as she takes a drink from her glass. We cut back over to Art and Abishai, finishing up their conversation. They also begin to rejoin the greater population of kindred of the city. Art and Jimmy, you are in the the main room here. Art Missy is nowhere to be found, but that doesn't surprise you. Art, Mr. 411, I got some news for you. Do you now? I do. I'm sure you'll be ecstatic. Our good friend Carol yeah. wishes um, to reclaim her boon with you. I knew you'd love it. She wants to... I wasn't 100% sure, but like mentor Coco or something and you be okay with it or like you release her to her that is an interesting call I will take it under advisement alright some minutes will pass great Elysium today I was not great fan of it I do not like Elysium as a whole you will notice in your time, since his name was brought up earlier, Walter is here. He's around. He is in one of those little Walmart electric scooters. I literally have nothing to say to that. He actually has his ghoul roach with him that is wearing a dog collar that has his name on it. 
and Roach is wearing one of those tuxedo t-shirts to make him look dressed up. Poor guy. Of course. God, it's like something you would see on Fatal Life. Some time will pass, and Missy, that door will open, and people begin to file out. Coco has the sheriff behind her, the Baron off to her side, and the prince walking forward. The mortal that was here goes to close the door and then follow them. What do you do? Let them all uh, pass, and as they get maybe 10 feet away, just start following. They don't seem to pay you any attention if they see you. That's pretty much on brand. They come down into the main area, up to where the music was being played, small uh, raised area. The prince and Coco and the other two stand there. And so you can tell Sheriff's not happy. The prince activates all. Conversations come to a halt and everybody's attention is drawn towards the stage. When it is silent for a moment, she will stand and project her voice to say, Kindred of Springfield, I am sure many of you have heard the news that has been going on for these past few nights. Someone has broken our rules and our traditions. She motions towards Coco. This wealth was sired without my permission or my endorsement. However, our rules are very strict and and for the protection of us all. By those rules, she should be destroyed. And everybody looks around a little bit. Coco, do you do anything when she says that? I just square my shoulders and set my jaw. If this is it, it's fucking it, man. However, and the murmurs stop. I have chosen to not destroy her this evening. At the moment, she is a witness to whoever broke the masquerade in our city. And she will have until Elysium in January to find this person and bring them forward for justice. As such, she is temporarily allowed to exist in the city and is given all of the rights that an accepted member of our society would be, so long as someone is willing to step up to be accountable for her further education and indoctrination into our society. Art steps forward. Nice try, Jimmy. Nice try. Jimmy was looking for Carol to see if she would step up. My prince, I will accept accountability for this new child of the kindred. More murmurs. The prince turns to Coco. Portia Lindsay Bellingham, elsewise known as Coco, is this man that is accepting responsibility for you, someone that you know and trust? Yes, Your Grace. Then so shall it be until Elysium in January for the celebration of the new year and new business to come. 
Arthur Sobchak of Clan Nosferatu will be responsible for Miss Bellingham of Clan Gangrel. Murmurs, like conversation. Uh, what the hell? Are, I thought Carol was supposed to take her. Well, she did not act with speed and alacrity. How odd. Okay. Missy, do you rejoin them after coming back into the main room, or do you get up to some other trouble? Remaining unseen. I'll go stand by Art while they make this announcement. But I won't say anything. I'll just stand there. The prince will turn off all and just state, I will be available for the rest of the meetings that I have this evening now that the pressing business has been concluded. She turns to the sheriff, gives him a nod to the head. He looks angry, turns to the baron. Baron, thank you for your assistance. And she walks off the stage, stopping for just a moment to whisper or speak lightly to Coco of, do not make me regret my decision this evening. And then walks away without you having the opportunity to say anything. As we pause there at Elysium, the camera pulls away back to the mall, where we see a young woman of African-American descent that listeners will recognize as Jade. She has a stack of papers in one arm and a roll of scotch tape in the other. And she's going around the mall and hanging up posters, just single sheets. But the camera sits behind her head for a moment. And as she's done hanging one up on the outside of the small occult shop here in the mall. When she walks away, the picture that is revealed in it is a, have you seen me? And it is Coco's face. And that's what we'll call it for tonight. Nice. That's so sad. (laughs) (laughs) My poor best friend. I'm glad I'm not dying, but my poor best friend. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Goodbye, Craig. This Vampire of the Masquerade Chronicle is a non-official fan-created work by the Without a Net podcast. Portions of the materials used in this actual play are the copyrights and trademarks of Paradox Interactive AB and are used with their permission. All rights are reserved. For any further information in those regards, or maybe upcoming releases, eh? You can find them at worldofdarkness.com.